Welcome to the As the Leader Grows podcast. I am your host, Ken Jocelyn. I truly believe that everyone has something incredible to offer this world, but we too often get in our own way. We let the noise of this world crush our confidence and rob us of our focus. We let people and circumstances influence how we lead ourselves and how we lead others. The good news, you're not alone, and the change you desire is not out of reach. It's just on the other side of your decision to grow. A decision to grow into the leader that you're meant to be. If you're ready to build the confidence, gain the clarity, and create the community you deserve, you have landed in the right spot, and now is your time to grow. Of your stuff since I was pastor in the Atlanta area since yeah. like 2000, 2001. Talk a little bit about what that looks like for Tim and, and kind of what you've got going on right now and, and what you're super passionate about. Sure. Yeah. Well, I am the husband of Pam. She is the queen of the universe. Come on. <laughs> I'd say that at, uh, truly out of love, but um, yeah, Pam and I've been married 41 years. So we get married young and uh, have two adult children, both gainfully employed. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, Bethany is 34. Jonathan's 30. She lives in Orlando. He lives in LA. So we are empty nesters and loving life, even though we love our children. But um, you're right. I love leadership like you do, Ken. Mm -hmm. I started growing leaders in 2003 after working for John Maxwell for Mm -hmm. 20 years. So I started with him out of college and really cut my teeth on leadership with John. Can you imagine? He personally poured into me before he was really famous. And I just learned and learned and learned. But all the while he was teaching leadership and I was there next to him. I kept wanting to get what he was doing to the next generation. Mm. So he was teaching business leaders, pastors, et cetera. And I thought, what if an 18-year-old got this or a 15-year-old or a 21-year-old got this? So Growing Leaders, my nonprofit, is really about getting these timeless principles to students, to young professionals, athletes. We work with a lot of professional uh, baseball, football, basketball teams, NCAA teams. So I have a blast getting to do what I do, but it's taking these principles to the next generation. Yeah, talk to me about talk to me about because I, I was a student pastor back then. Um, yeah, a few hundred kids in my youth ministry in the Gainesville area. Uh, so obviously, I'm super familiar with what you what you're doing, what John's yeah. been doing forever. Good friends with Kevin and Gabe, and my good friend Nate May. Um, all uh, the guy, all the all the guys yep. you know. Um, talk to me about where the passion came from to do that, like yeah. to take where as you just mentioned, John's talking to business leaders and pastors. Yeah. But, that, that burden that, that God put in your heart for the younger generation. Talk to us about how that kind of developed and then what was what was the beginning or the catalyst yeah. of getting you going in that? Yeah. Can I often use a phrase to describe why I invest my time the way I do? Uh, the phrase goes like this. It's better to build a fence at the top of the cliff than a hospital at the bottom. Mm. So in America, we are so good at giving toward crises, you know, 911, Hurricane mm-hmm. Katrina, you mm-hmm. name it. We we try to we build hospitals all the time to help those hurting people, and we need to. But if you build a fence at the top cliff, you keep people from falling and needing the hospital. So I decided I wanted to invest in young people before mm-hmm. they had the divorce, before they ruined the company, before they lost the money. Um, isn't it true? Our generation has made a lot of mistakes. We've done something oh, right, but boy, yeah. dude, we make a lot of mistakes. And I'm thinking, what if we could put those tools in the hands of a young person before they launch into their career? And so our goal at Growing Leaders 
is to build influencers who know how to solve problems and serve people. Solve mm. problems. And can you imagine a generation that knows how yeah. to do that? We're going to be okay. So that's really, it's really a strategic investment, I think. It was a bet on if we can get it to them when they're young, we change the whole trajectory of not only their life, but of history. I love that, man. Talk talk about some of the the framework and some of the ways that you're able to do that with the next generation. I know you said you're working with some professional sports teams and college yeah, sports yeah. teams and some of those things. I, my good friend, Hugh Jackson, um, the head coach of the former, former head coach of the Raiders and the Browns ah. uh, is at Grambling state. I spoke to the Grambling state football team cool. a few weeks ago before they played Jackson state and Deion Sanders, which I had a blast, but talk <laughs> about some of the framework yeah. and some of the things that you're doing and how you're taking, you know, leadership development and yes. getting that to, in there because they they talk different, they speak different, they think different, yeah. and getting that in their lives um, to where they can actually use what you're giving them. Yeah, absolutely. So we do lots of events. We'll do, gosh, more than 200 events this year. And we believe the event is important, but it's only a catalyst. Mm-hmm. Leadership conferences mm-hmm. are not going to change their life in a day. Uh, they need a process after the event. You know that language. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll do events. In fact, I was just with the Houston Texans on Monday night. We're talking to their leadership. Um, after the event, we often, the tool uh, that has been wildly popular for us has been something called habitudes. Mm. Habitudes are images that form leadership habits and attitudes. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's a way of teaching timeless principles with the power of an image or picture. I like to say pictures beat lectures every day, yes. with, especially with the next gen. When we have lectures, don't we? We, we want to lecture our kids. Responsibility, yes, yes, initiative, you know. <laughs> so I'm saying you show an image and you can teach anything because pictures are worth a thousand words. Yeah. Now you've got student engagement. So we'll do an event at a high school or college or middle school or a sports team. And then following that event, we'll put habitudes in the hands of every one of those teammates. And they'll look at one image a week and they'll talk about it and process it. What's this iceberg mean? Well, the iceberg means, and it's, by the way, it's a really cool picture of an iceberg. The tip that you can see is your skills. They're visible. But the 90% below the water of that iceberg represents your character. And yeah. that's yeah, that's what sinks the ship. So, yeah. So, anyway, we launch conversations we know they ought to have, but they probably aren't having on TikTok. And we just make sure they're happening in the clubhouse or the organization or the classroom. And these images have just been so fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, James Harden, NBA player, mm-hmm. went through habitudes when he was with the Houston Rockets. And he likes thermostats and thermometers. And he likes discipline bridge. You know, so I go, that's awesome, man. You know, so anyway, I'll stop there. But it's that's been uh, the tool to keep the process going. No, I love that. Talk about some of the talk about some of the success stories you've seen. What are and you've been doing this? How, how long have you been doing like the habitudes and those kind of things yeah. now, Tim? For the first habitude book I wrote in two thousand three, the same year we started right. Great Leaders, yep. published in two thousand four. So um, let's see. As of uh, this last year, two and a half million kids have gone through habitudes, which wow. is so fun. I never saw that coming. I yeah. feel like I'm a man of faith, but I never saw that coming. Right. John's always been the gazillion right, 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 of you right. know. And I have always been happy to be his Joshua, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I I have loved that fact. So a couple of fun stories. One is a fun story of faith. Um, we I had a professor at a state university say, Tim, I read your mentoring book. And I felt like, man, I got to mentor these students, not just teach them in a classroom. So he gathered about seven or eight um, grad students together. 
and he went through the first Habitude book. Well, we have a faith-based version and we have a values-based version. So he went to the values space because this is a state school. Yeah. But at the end, he met with each of his guys one-on-one. And one of his students came in right away and said, I feel like I'm practicing these habitudes, but I feel like there's something more. And this professor said, well, there is a faith-based version. Would you like to look at that? He goes, yeah. And using the iceberg, he was able to lead him to Christ and wow. begin a relationship with God. So that was so cool. But I, I, of course, love the fact that, you know, other teams are going through them and they're just minimally becoming better leaders at the Buffalo Bills or Tampa Bay or, or you know, the San Francisco Giants. It's so much fun to see guys on a major league team and say, I met you when you were in minor leagues and you're 20 years old yeah. and you're still hoping to God to make it. And, yeah. and now it's it's fun to see them make it and, of course, become great men or women on the field. So, yeah, that's awesome. Isn't it amazing to look back? I, I didn't even realize it'd been 20 years you've been doing this. You know, I, I knew you and of you when you worked with John and like I said, Kevin and Gabe yeah. and the rest of the guys. Yeah. Talk to me about the, talk to me about your new book, a new kind of diversity. Tell me where that was. What was that birthed out of? Or was there a problem that you saw that you said, Hey, this yeah. needs solved. Talk, talk about that, Tim. Yeah. Ken, I saw an elephant in the room. Almost everywhere I went, schools, yeah. businesses, healthcare facilities, government institutions, sports teams. The elephant in the room is this. We talk a lot about diversity today, and we should. Ethnic diversity, gender diversity, income diversity, those are all very real. But I feel like there's a new kind of diversity, and I call it age or generational diversity, that's just as real as the others. You know, and the elephant in the room is we don't know how to talk about it. We know how to talk about race, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, there's a 22-year-old and a 62-year-old on the same team. And oh my gosh, different language. Come on. Different values, different customs. So here's how I profile it. Just like, you know, when you hop on a plane and you fly to, let's say, China, and you get off that plane and you know, I'm going to have to work harder at connecting with people here. Not because they're bad but because they have different customs here, <clears throat> different language here, different that you, you see where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Bingo. When I start meeting with a 20 something at my age, different language, I got to learn it, different customs. And if I'm a good leader, I'm going to put in the work to do that. And my problem is I want to stereotype, you know, you fragile snowflake out there. You <laughs> kid, kids today. How do we yeah. say kids today forever? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And yet, and yet we know they're, they're the future. And so I better help them get this right because I'm going to be in a wheelchair one day and they're going to be leading the way. I wanted to get them ready to lead me. So I'm waxing eloquent now, but this elephant in the room was, we've got to figure this out. So this book, A New Kind of Diversity, was designed to be an encyclopedia, Hmm. a dictionary. Here, you know, they live in different worlds. We need different words. And so I really just made a reference guide. If you need to know the builders better, the extras better, the boomers better, read this chapter. It's going to help you understand, not stereotype, but understand and then connect with them. So hopefully it's it's been a fun tool to create. Yeah, that's amazing, dude. Because and I I love that understanding in a relationship, whether it be an intimate relationship with a partner or you're a leader and you've got someone that God's called you to speak into. Our, yeah. our responsibility as leaders is to communicate with them in such a way that they understand and can grasp what we're yes. teaching them. It's not yep. my responsibility because I'm 54 years old yeah. and I yeah. go speak to the Grambling State football team for Coach Hugh a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It's not my responsibility to go in there and speak how I want to speak. 
Yeah. I have to communicate them on the level which they go, okay, I understand this dude. Yes. I, I'm I can I can I can understand and apply what he is uh what what he's yeah. telling you or the information that he's given me. And can far too often we miss that. I'll tell you a quick story that so illustrates that point. Um, there was a young man, Tony, who gra- just graduated from Ohio University. While he was there as a student, he got a part-time job working at uh, a major retail paint brand store. On the job, he started uh, a TikTok account because after hours, he would mix paints together and form colors. And he put blueberries in white paint and made this vivid shade of blue. Well, his TikTok account goes viral. He gets 1.4 million followers on TikTok, 37 million views. So he starts thinking, wow, this could be monetized. You know, I better share this with the executives. Maybe they want to market to another million people. So he puts a slide deck together and asks to meet with the leaders. Nobody's interested. Doesn't get one leader interested in looking at a slide deck. He does get something he didn't expect. Tony got fired. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Yep. They let him go because they were sure he was probably stealing the paint or doing this on company time or distracting the customers. So get this, Tony leaves. He's been fired, moves to Florida. He's now got over 2 million followers and he started his own paint store. Mm. So lots of things we don't know about that story, but there's one thing I do know. They missed out on a chance on a next generation idea that they didn't see it. 50, 54 years old. So all I'm saying is if we could come together and leverage the strengths of each generation, what could we do? In fact, that's the subtitle, making the different generations on your team, your competitive advantage. That's my goal. So I know you've got a hard stop in just a couple of minutes, but what are, what are, Tim, give me like maybe your two or three biggest nuggets out of the book that are like aha moments when people read that book. Yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, the first one is one of our habitude images. I call it chess and checkers. And maybe some of your listeners would have heard of this. It's just a great leadership principle. Chess and checkers as games have the very same game board. So you could be tempted to think, oh, it must be the same game. Mm-mm, very different. When I played the game of checkers, all my pieces look alike, move alike. So I treat them all alike. In chess, if I'm going to win this game, I have to know what these pieces can do. That a knight does this, and a rook, and a bishop, and a pawn, and a king. Mm-hmm. Only in knowing the strength of each piece can I win. I think mediocre leaders play checkers with their people. Wow. They treat them all alike, and they get average performance. Great leaders have learned to play chess in the relationships of their life. And they connect with others at the uniqueness of their strength, their personality, and their generation. And they they bring out the very best. Those people flourish. John Maxwell did this with me. I was 23 years old when I started with him. He knew how to play chess, and he brought out the best Tim Elmore that was there. Mm-hmm. So chess or checkers. We got to play chess, not checkers. Another one real quick is an image that I simply call a bridge, not a wall. Uh, when we're with people that are not like us, isn't it true? We naturally put up walls you know, kids today, you know, and we start thinking they're narcissistic or fragile snowflakes or something like that. Right. I think if I'll do the work to build a bridge, which is harder than building a fence. Oh my gosh. So the assignment in the book, it's the last chapter, reverse mentoring. I challenge every reader of this book to find someone from another generation 
and both of you invest in each other. So Andrew and I do reverse mentoring. Andrew is 30 years younger than me. When we meet together, we swap stories. You can always find something common in your stories. Mm -hmm. But then I'll pour into him. Here's how this organization works. This will help you succeed. But then he pours into me. Here's the latest app I just picked up. And here's how we can, you know, use it for marketing. We, I teach and I learn. He teaches and he learns. It's it's beautiful. So reverse mentoring, I think, is a great destroyer yeah. of fences. Yeah, I love that. Um, Tim, what's the best way for people to find you, grab a copy of this book, you know, connect with you, get you in to yeah. speak, all those, all those kind of things? Yeah. So we have a, a site for the book that takes you to a site where you can take a free assessment. This, if nothing else, is fun. It's absolutely yeah. free. We call it the GQ, the, your generational quotient. Wow. So you can see how fluid am I with, or how fluent am I with Gen Z, with Xers, with boomers. Um, so if you go to this site, you'll find the assessment and the book. Um, it's simply newdiversitybook.com, newdiversitybook.com. And that'll take you there. And I would love it if it's helpful for listeners, pick that thing up. And hopefully this will be your encyclopedia you need to connect with other generations. That's awesome. Place to follow you on social, Tim? Yeah, at Tim Elmore. Um, the organization I lead is growingleaders.com. If you mm -hmm. want to find habitudes there, these mm -hmm. images. Mm -hmm. But at Tim Elmore is my social. And Ken, thanks for asking that. It's so kind of yeah. you. I know you're well, I didn't know. I know you're over 50, so I didn't know if you had social or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to speak <laughs> the right language to you, my friend. I'll, I'll give you my beeper number. You know, there you go. The pager. Some, some people listen <laughs> to my pager. podcast. That's like, right. My pager. Where is that pager? That's right. Where's my beeper awesome. at? That's that's fine. awesome. I I love this quote you've got. It says conflict is created by the distance between expectations yeah. and reality. Yes, conflict yes. expands as that distance widens. Yeah, I had I had coach I had coach Hugh Jackson at my event last year, my Create Conference. John spoke at it, and oh, we did cool. a fundraising dinner on Thursday night for him and my good friend David Pollitt from College Game Day. And I asked Coach Hugh. I leaned in because I love what the conflict expands as the distance yeah. widens. Yeah, I, Coach and I were having a conversation, great Q&A, and I just leaned into him and I said, Coach, I knew God wanted me to take it in a different direction. I said, Coach, I'm a 54-year-old white conservative guy who votes Republican. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do I need to hear from you that I'm missing? Ooh. Yeah. Dude, the That's room so good. dead silent. Yeah. And what happened? I had goosebumps again today. Literally, you could feel the room lean into yeah. as Coach yeah. started to really share. And, I, and to be honest with you, we talk almost every week. Like I think yeah. that's where our relationship really started to form, and and he began to go, okay, this guy's this yeah. guy's different. Talk He's about real. talk yeah. talk about that, Tim. About the how conflict is created yeah. in the distance and how we can close that gap. I love that. Thanks for asking that question. It's huge. So first of all, for listeners to understand, you all know conflict pops up yeah. even with unlikely people, our, our spouses, let's just say our yeah. spouses. So conflict expands when that distance between expectations and reality happens. So think about this. If I tell my wife, I'm going to be home at seven o'clock for dinner and I get home at seven Oh five, not a big deal. I get home at nine Oh five. We have a little conversation and it's not because she can't live without me for two hours. It's because I created an expectation and now the longer that gap, the heated, the more heated that conversation is. Good. 
So um, we just lubricate conflict when we make sure we've talked over expectations. When I hire a Gen Z team member, I need to talk about decision-making rights. They may feel like they get a vote on everything. No, you don't get to vote on everything. You get to have a voice, but not an equal voice. You follow what I'm saying? So be sure when you hire, you talk over expectations. What are your demands? You might have a demand that I go, you know what? Makes sense, but you're, we're not the right place for you. You're going to need to find another job somewhere else because there's no way we can please that demand. Preferences are nothing. Is that a preference or is that a demand? If it's just a preference, I'll say, well, I'll do everything I can to meet that, but we may not. I'm just thinking if we have these upfront conversations and we learn to laugh and cry together and say, we're going to get this right, I leverage the strength that Gen Z kid that I desperately need in my life as a baby boomer and hopefully vice versa. So that would be my my answer to that question. I love, I love that. Man, Tim, thanks for taking some I know you're busy. Um, thank you oh, for taking some time out today, man. Super excited about your book. Uh, thank you for making a difference. From a, Ford, oh. from a former student pastor and senior pastor, um, thank you. Thank you for making a difference in caring enough. Uh, like I said earlier, you saw a problem and you said, okay, how can we help solve this for people? Yeah. And, uh, and thank you again, my friend. Anything that we can do here to help you, um, we're here for you, man. Thank you, Ken. Vice versa. Let me know what I can do to serve you. I love what you're up to, and I'm I'm just honored to be on your on your show today. Thanks. Appreciate it, my friend. Guys, thank you for joining us on another episode of As the Leader Grows. If this has added value, which it had to, <laughs> we would love for you to hit that subscribe button. Take a screenshot. You're listening today. Take a screenshot. Tag me. Tag Tim. Uh, post that on your Instagram. I'll reshare it. I've got a few thirty thousand plus followers. Uh, I'd love to be able to help you grow your Instagram and your and your um, your platform as well. Uh, and again, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on As the Leader Grows. Thanks for tuning in to the As the Leader Grows podcast. My heart is always to add value to others on their journey to becoming the best version of themselves. If this episode did that for you, please subscribe, like, and share. Also, as a thank you for listening, please visit book.growstackdrive.com get a free digital copy of my Amazon best-selling book, As the Leader Grows. Tune back in often and continue your journey of growth, whether it is here or elsewhere. The best investment you can make as a leader is in yourself. 